The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. A very good afternoon to you. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contractors in to fix your leaky roof only to find out that your roof still leaks, well, maybe it's time to sort that leak for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber paint to your roof. Your roof will look great and won't leak anymore. Rubber Roofs offer a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. In a few minutes, I'm going to be chatting to Cynthia Skuman, who's joined us in studio today, about some interesting days that have come up uh, in the last quarter of 2022. And yes, this is the first Monday of the last quarter of 2022. I don't know if it's all uphill or downhill from here. We're in the midst of the Jewish High Holidays with Yom Kippur on Wednesday. Of course, we've got holidays again next week, Monday and Tuesday, and the following Monday and Tuesday. And then we're going to the festive holiday season. So it's going to be a very, very interesting time. Stand by for our chat with Cynthia. And just before that, I'd like to remind you, of course, that the views expressed on the show aren't necessarily those of Chai FM. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Chai FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. The next three months each have important days relating to the way in which an organization operates, the way in which an organization conducts itself, and the way in which an organization treats those around it. We have three important days, and I want to discuss those at length today with our resident ethics expert, Cynthia Skuman. Cynthia, a very good afternoon to you. Thank you, Chad. So, Cynthia, thank you for joining us today. Um, I know you've taken time away from the Ethics Monitoring and Management Service, as well as, of course, and the Ethics Practitioners Association, a very proud organization that you established for ethics practitioners in South Africa. And out of these three days coming up in the next three months, we have Global Ethics Day in October, World Kindness Day in November, and, of course, Anti-Corruption Day in December. Ethics is your thing. So tell us a little bit more about this Global Ethics Day celebration on 19 October. You know, it was established by the Carnegie Council for Ethics, and that was back in 2014. And what they've done is they've really been very inclusive in how they've dealt with it. So they've approached not simply uh, government or public sector institutions. They've approached organizations <coughs> and schools and communities. And, and so if you go online, you'll see that they're encouraging that all clusters of people are doing something around making ethics more visible. And and this year, the particular theme that they're looking at is ethics empowered. And, and what they're putting out there, which I think is such a great theme, is using ethics as a power for good. So it's been an extraordinary initiative. And you can register to be part of the initiative by doing some activity uh, that promotes ethics. And, you know. I, I would uh, think it's not a, a tough argument to say that we have need of more ethics. <laughs> so we've chatted about ethics before, and, and you've been a regular contributor to the show because ethics is so important. When one looks at at, at, at value points, you, ethics is up there with honesty, integrity. But ethics day is a fairly new concept. And when one looks at your association, the Ethics Practitioners Association, it's a fairly new organization, yet we brought up 
surrounded by the thought of how important ethics are. Yes. Why is it now only becoming an actual thing in the corporate world? I, I think that that's a really telling question because, of course, we're, we're all aware of ethics from childhood, arguably. Whether we used the word ethics or whether we used a word, like you said, integrity or something, that we were still talking about the same things. And I think part of the answer is why is it so prominent now is unfortunately because of the very, very high-profile scandals that actually we've been seeing for a long time. You know, if we go back, I mean, Enron, was decades ago but of course you know we've got all our homegrown ones never mind state capture you know Steinhoff was also a, a massive one so so really those huge ethical failures and the huge consequences they've had has has driven an increasing focus on ethics so I think that that's one of the very large contributing factors and as I say sadly a negative one I've been very confident and as per usual, very optimistic about the future of politics in South Africa. We have just around the corner because we, we're almost at the end of 2022. 23 will go through like a breeze. And in 2024, we have national elections. Mm -hmm. And I've been fairly confident that we're going to see a coalition government in place come the 2024 elections. That kind of dissipated that hope and optimism last week when we saw the collapse of the multi-party, um, somewhat opposition made up of coalition that ruled for a short time the city of Johannesburg. Now, that collapse seems to have been an internal collapse. It seems that there may have been things that were done within this coalition that could be regarded as unethical. What is your take on coalition governments and would ethics play an important role considering you've got far left, far right, center parties coming together for one objective and that's to try oust a, a majority party? Uh, Chad, I, I think that your point around coalition government is a very high likelihood. And and with a coalition government or government at any level, whether it, it's local or, or provincial or, or national, it requires a really sound level of maturity. Now, that's the easy part, arguably. But one of the things that we need to recognize, it also requires a common shared purpose. Now, you'd say to me, Cynthia, hold on, we're talking about government. That's easy because surely the purpose is of all parties to serve the citizens, whether that be, as I say, at provincial or national level. And that's where I think one of the major failures of ethics comes about, that the engagement in politics can unfortunately in many cases doesn't appear to be even in a large measure about the interests and the concerns and the well-being of citizens. It becomes about personal power plays, uh, among other goals. So when one talks about ethics and ethics in government, we didn't get to discuss the last time we chatted about the political issues surrounding ethics. If you have a party constituted on the grounds of serving the people but they've acted in an unethical manner it's going to have a knock-on effect throughout a country because ultimately they are there to lead the country and you'd expect it to be from an ethical perspective the same could be said of these coalition parties like you mentioned so wisely they've come together for purportedly 
the benefit of the people. So if unethical behavior creeps in at the top, what is the knock-on? Well, again, that, that's part of the tragedy when we look at unethical behavior in the public sector. We would quickly add, and you would say to me, Cynthia, hold on, every public sector act of unethical behavior is almost always combined with a, a private sector, and we can name all the examples. But when we get to the role of governing the, the country, can you see here public sector have a higher ethical responsibility. They're not just looking after the customers, their, their customers' employees. They're looking after the whole nation and all its people and all its institutions. So when you look through that lens, I say again, can we recognize that the public sector and its officials have a far higher level of responsibility, which of course is a core ethical value. So when that responsibility is exercised not for its intended ethical purpose of uplifting people, of which we have a huge need in our country, when that is used for for personal gaining personal power, when even worse it is used for self-enrichment, it, it is a really wicked ethical failing. The University of Pretoria, more than a decade ago, introduced a course known as Corporate and Ethics Governance. They included for the first time the word ethics governance, and that looked at kings. It looked at what was then the recently promulgated Companies Act, which now talks to the way in which companies and their principles should conduct themselves. And, of course, when it comes to public leadership, it's a misnomer. We, we, we expect it to be um, done from an ethical perspective. For you now seeing the incorporation of the word ethics and ethical, is that for you a kind of a vindication that ethics isn't actually a nice to have? If King's talks to it, if a course on governance offered by universities incorporate ethics, does it mean that people have turned the corner and realized the importance of it? I think to an extent there is a, a sound recognition of the importance of it. But and, and so I'd certainly acknowledge that there's perhaps a groundswell. The challenge is the challenge emanates from your previous point that when we unfortunately have so many examples in in the public eye in various domains of, of the public sector who are acting unethically in one way or another, the point about that is they are very visible role models. Now, we would always associate role models with doing good. Here's the curved ball. Role models can can do the exact opposite as well. And can you see the impact that you alluded to earlier is that when someone in a powerful position is really, you know, looking after themselves first, second, and 33rd, the, the average person very easily looks at that and says, this is the role model I look up to. And so the ripple effect of that role model becomes hugely negative. So I qualify my point around saying, yes, there is a groundswell of recognition for ethics, but we're not allowed to ignore the huge impact of, of the negative leadership role models in our country and, and what that's done to almost make it seem socially acceptable. We're talking to Cynthia Skuman today. We're going into the final quarter of 2022. 
And coming up in October is Global Ethics Day, in November World Kindness Day, and in December International Anti-Corruption Day. We continue the conversation after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. Is your shopping list longer and your time shorter? Well, Discam Delivered has you covered. From healthcare essentials to baby food, beauty and toiletries, whatever you need, Discam Delivered has you covered. Download the easy-to-use Discam app and shop over 7,000 products at in-store prices that will be delivered to you within 60 minutes. Now you can relax while Discam delivers your essentials to you. It's that simple. Discam Delivered, from Discam to you. Discam Pharmacies, pharmacists who care. We're chatting today to Cynthia Schumann from Ethics Monitoring and Management Services, who's also the founder of the Ethics Practitioners Association. Towards the end of the year, we seem to have three very important days coming up, and I want to talk to Cynthia about the significance of these days. We start off in October on the 19th with Global Ethics Day, World Kindness Day is on the 13th of November, and International Anti-Corruption Day is celebrated on the 9th of December 2022. Now, Cynthia, is it, is it wise of me to say celebrated on those days? Because I don't think it's actually a celebration. What is the significance of having days such as these? I think your your uh, sort of semantics around celebration is an important point. Uh, but, of course, the key issue is to raise really widespread awareness, obviously uh, aimed at improving the situation, whether that is around the benefits of ethics or, or around the enormously high cost of corruption. So these are awareness days um, that I think can serve a very valuable purpose. So what makes me irate sometimes is – well, every year, in fact, it's August, Women's Month, and then we have <laughs> Women's Day, and the police report back on GBV statistics during that month and arrests they've made during those, that month and matters have gone to court during that month. And then for the rest of the year, we don't hear very much about it, and it, it really irks me. It's, it's a massive problem in South Africa. It's one of the paramount issues that needs to be addressed, and that's violence against women and children. Is it the same for these other days where suddenly attention is focused for a short space of time and then people tend to forget about it? I think, unfortunately, you make a really valid point. In, in fact, I wrote an article that, that I'll be putting out on LinkedIn for Global Ethics Day. And one of the points I ask in there, is this a one-day event or is this a long-term commitment? Is this just a sort of flash in the pan, let's do a token something? And, of course, we need an ongoing attention on these issues. One day of attention, as you as you illustrate with Women's Day and GBV, is not even vaguely going to make the dent that needs to be made. Let's talk about Ethics Day that's coming up, Global Ethics Day on the 19th of October. Let's talk about it in isolation of the fact that we focusing on that day on what's happening. Let's talk about it in broad terms. Have you seen a difference in attitude from both the public and private sector in respect of the importance of ethics and how a breakdown in ethics can lead to the corrupt scenario we now find ourselves in, which ultimately could lead to a failed state? I think there is certainly a theoretical, perfect theoretical understanding of that. The challenge is, 
is that translated into practice? And, and again, is this a one-day event where the company says, get in a good speaker, do a nice activation, and, and everyone feels very pleased with themselves? Or is there a commitment in an ongoing way to, to be the leadership role models, not on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, every single day? To ensure that there's awareness, not just when there's, you know, a, a half-day training a year, but that it's built in to your employee meetings. It's built into your employee performance criteria. And there are so many actually quite simple ways that it can be done. I, I often joke around illustrating this and saying you don't even need to call in the consultant. These are things that can easily be done in company. And and so for me, of course there's an understanding of this, but is there the the commitment and the attention to sure that, ensure that it is focused on in an ongoing way? So we're having this conversation today because you drew my attention to the fact that we have these three important dates coming up in October, November, and December. World Kindness Day is on the 13th of November, and it's, it's sandwiched between Global Ethics Day in October and Anti-Corruption Day on the 9th of December. How does kindness tie into ethics and anti-corruption? Great question. I'm so pleased you answered that. Been dying to answer it. <laughs> Two key ways. The the most obvious way is that when we look at what constitutes ethical values, whether in society or in our organisations, care and compassion is often the one that we might not come up with. But in fact, it's a hugely important value. And so when we're looking at at World Kindness Day, of course, this is giving effect to what is. I, I would call, really say a crucial, a crucial value um, in our society for, for a variety of reasons. So that's one aspect. The other aspect, um, in fact, I, I ran a webinar on the topic around saying that kindness represents the ultimate act of inclusion. Now, let me back up a little bit here and say that when we look at our society, um, yes, King Ford talks about stakeholder inclusivity. But when we truly include someone, when we take into account their concerns and their interests, that is enormously valuable. And, of course, it's a core tenant of ethics, that ethics is not just about self. It's about including others within your ethical boundaries. And, and so I framed the webinar title as Kindness, Inclusion in Action. Because can you see when you behave kindly to someone – by definition, you have taken their concerns, their issues into account. So it's just an extraordinary way of, of really achieving a one, wonderfully improved relationships and that crucial issue we need to achieve of stakeholder inclusivity. If we talk kindness, immediately what comes to mind is ivory towers. And then you've got a certain ivory tower that sits in stark contrast to the homes around it, like in Kandla. People are in that rural area, they are living in abject poverty, and once a year they get a, a Christmas um, lunch or a Boxing Day lunch by the incumbent of the house in Nkandla, where he expresses his kindness. It's a once-off. And then, of course, whenever we have a local or a national election, we see packs being handed out, food packs. We see T-shirts being given out in so-called acts of kindness. But we know that's actually to try to convince people to vote. In how do we separate these 
individual acts of kindness, how do, how, how do these, uh, this is a tough one, how do people justify to themselves only going out on occasion to express kindness? Surely that's not kindness. There's an ulterior motive. Well, ulterior motive is the key point, that, that when we look at it, kindness by definition is not doing something in search of a return. It is really, it's giving, as they would say, with an open hand. And and whereas, you know, the kindness, very much in inverted commas, of food parcels, I, I mean, is abusing the word kindness, of course, as, as you were intimating. And and so kindness, I, I think that we need to recognize that the, for example, the level of stress so many people are living under, whether it's economic stress, we can honestly write a laundry list of that. And and the kindness of actually just making eye contact and saying thank you. Not over your shoulder as you're passing, so that no one actually knows if you're speaking to the lamppost or not. Um, there are so many small gestures that when we're the recipient, we just for that moment feel acknowledged, we feel recognized, we feel like something we've done has been of value, is is almost disproportionately valuable. And so I think that it's not, that of course, they're great acts as well, but, but I think that those small acts of kindness uh, can be enormously valuable. When I was at school in the 80s, I remember National Arbor Day. We would plant trees at school. That's the only day I remember. Are these other days new? Is it something that's been introduced for the awareness like you spoke about? Or have they always been around like Arbor Day? Uh, well, that, that's a very interesting question because, you know, out of the three days that, that we're discussing today, do you know that World Kindness Day is the oldest? And that was started in 1998. It, it in fact emanated out of a 1997 conference in Tokyo out of sort of like-minded organizations. And, and they established this way back in 1998. And then chronologically, uh, International Anti-Corruption Day was established uh, by the UN, and that was in 2000. 2003, and that was after that first October um, United Nations Convention Against Corruption that it was established. And then, as I said, the Carnegie Council for Ethics uh, established Global Ethics Day in 2014. So these are fairly new, yes. yet so very important. Huge. So uh, the kindness for me is so critically important. Uh, I remember when Ellen DeGeneres first started her her television show, and she used to always end it by saying, just be kind. Yes. There's so much in those words, and it, it harks down to who we are as human beings. And surely if one takes the lead from living a life where you're kind to each other, other things should automatically fall into place in terms of your morality, your integrity, and your ethical standpoint. Exactly, exactly. The, that if someone is genuinely kind... It, it says so, so much more. It, it's like a, another word that I find very powerful is the word trust. If I say I trust you, I've often done an exercise to say, give me 20 words of what that means. And when you unpack it, what the weight of that means is enormous. And kindness is, is one of those words that, that it's got a ripple effect that, that is just wonderful. So Global Ethics Day is going to be your most important celebration of the year in terms of where you find yourself 
as the founder of the Ethics Practitioners Association. Can I, can I say uh, one of the, I mean, there are a number of us who worked on, on founding it, especially uh, Stefan Besenert uh, from Discovery, um, and there are a couple of Discovery people who've driven this extraordinarily well. So I, I really do think they warrant a mention. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> As somebody who founded the Ethics Practitioners Association and works in ethics every day, out of these three days, all three are important, obviously, ethics, kindness, and anti-corruption. But for you, the Global Ethics Day will stand out because of the industry that you're in. What are we going to see planned in respect of this day in terms of awareness? Because like we said, although it's an everyday occurrence where you should be practicing um, in an ethical manner and fashion, it is good that there's going to be a day set aside to remind those around us about the importance of ethics. Yes. Um, the Ethics Practitioners Association will be running a, a webinar for its members and, I say, and, and others in October, not quite on the 19th, but in October in recognition of that. Uh, I mean, our company, you know, we've got a couple of clients we're working with and we'll be doing events with them. But I'm not sure it is as widely known as as we might assume it is. I think, in fact, International Anti-Corruption Day is something that would have better understanding in this country, you know, for all the reasons we understand. <laughs> so, yeah, and when it comes to corruption, there's even a Fraud Awareness Week during the month of November. Of course, there's the Anti-Corruption Day on, on the 9th of December, you've got organizations in South Africa like Corruption Watch, you've got internationally um, Transparency International, which Corruption Watch is actually the South African chapter yes. of, of Transparency International. So you're right. When you talk about a, a state capture, alluding to the fact that large parts of our, our, our state in terms of its, its very cumbersome bureaucratic system have been captured and others may have been captured, corruption is on everybody's lips, as is the anti-fraud aspect of it. But all of these tie in so very well. So we go from Global Ethics Day to World Kindness Day. What do you see happening on World Kindness Day? Because there again, it's, it's not something in isolation. I'm going to go out now and greet the security officer. I should be greeting him every day and finding out genuinely how he is yes. rather than just on World Kindness Day saying, how are you? Yes, yes, yes. I, I think very little is done locally in terms of World Kindness Day. I mean, there's also um, in February, there's a random acts of kindness day. So there are, you know, various um celebratory days if we if we want to call it that um i don't think it has enormous traction here uh but it's certainly something i write about and something we promote to to our clients and as i say even at the ethics practitioners association you know kindness was the theme of our last webinar and then going into anti-corruption day i'm glad it's in december it reminds people as they're winding down that come 2023 they still have an important aspect of society to address and it's both civil society it's the public sector and of course the private sector can lead by example because we always call out government the public sector for corruption we don't tend to call out the fact that for government corruption to take place especially in respect of tender fraud you need a private sector partner exactly so what do you think we need to take away this year, considering where we find ourselves in 2022, going into 2023, and the fact that we still – there's a couple of high-profile cases. I don't know if they're token cases um, of, of corruption 
um, based investigations that have led to the enrollment in court of these trials. But what do you think we need to remember towards the end of 2022 going into 2023? I think part of what we need to take out of that is to not ignore or in any way sugarcoat the enormity of the corruption that has taken place. Regrettably, I have to add, is still taking place. You know, honestly, you don't even need to scan the news in any great depth, pick up the latest scandal. It's not all in those terrible nine years back then. Uh, we still have current examples. And and here it's perhaps not the the direct answer to your question. I think we have to look at it individually, in our families, in our communities, and saying socially, what is acceptable for us? Is it acceptable to, to pay the traffic officer something when you've been chatting on your phone? And, and I think that it can start with those small decisions of saying, I am not going to do this. That, that there was a, a, a wonderful campaign that the UN ran uh, around, around um, corruption of your no counts. And, and, and saying no, I, I think devolves to all of us individually. So, so yes, of course we can see, we can acknowledge all those ghastly examples. But I think it's got to come back to you, your family, your community, your organization. Are you saying no every time, all the time? Or, as I was talking about a, a new article I'm writing around ethics, do T's and C's apply? <laughs> We're chatting to Cynthia Skuman about Global Ethics Day, which is on the 19th of October, World Kindness Day, 13th of November, and International Anti-Corruption Day, this year celebrated on the 9th of December. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Confidential Brief is proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. So we're chatting to Cynthia Skuman from the Ethics Monitoring and Management Service. She's also the founder of the Ethics Practitioners Association. Very important topic when it comes to ethics. And the fact that we have this, this Global Ethics Day coming up in just over a week yeah. is, is, is so fundamentally important because it creates awareness. How do we stop it from being in a bubble just in that day? How does it get extended over a full year? Well, here you have to ask, what are organizations doing in terms of promoting ethics within within their organizations? Uh, yes, you can do a lovely event on Global Ethics Day, but if that's it, you know, please recognize that one out of 365 is not a good ratio uh, to be driving some sort of major change. And and I also add in terms of driving major change, what organizations have to take into account, and by the way, public and private sector, is that because of the examples we were referring to a moment ago of, of so, so many uh, vast examples of, of corrupt practices, there is a very loud noise in our environment that if you want almost validates uh, corruption, you know, there are people who've got enormously rich out of this. So even the organization that really is pretty much the good guys, they cannot now say, but we're the good guys, we don't need to do anything, because it ignores the impact of that very loud noise out of there that is in every media channel uh, we access, ha however many or few that is. So the, uh, 
it, it's it's fortuitous that we've got ethics in October, kindness in November, anti-corruption in December. How do we build a thread during this quarter across those three months and then build on it going into 2023? I think that golden thread thread is lovely because if I were were weaving that together, I, I would tell you that, that the commitment to, to ethics, starting with Global Ethics Day, that this is an ongoing commitment. As you say, not a one-day wonder, an ongoing commitment. I think what, what World Kindness Day gives you is that, that uh, situation to come back to, pers- to being, it being absolutely personal and individual. Am I kind to the people around me? And and knowing that as a recipient how great it feels when someone's kind to you. So I think it adds a very strong personal and individual focus and, and a meaningful difference that you can make. With ethics, you could throw your hands in the air and say, how do I make a difference? I mean, that's a longer answer. But with kindness, that's instant. That just that smile and a thank you, that acknowledgement is enormous. And then it's coming to one of the key building blocks in terms of creating an ethical culture in an organization and an ethical culture in the country is we have to tackle corruption effectively. Uh, there can't be, as I say, special T's and C's because XYZ is a, is a very important party member. It has to be tackled consistently and and fairly every time. Let's talk about trickle-down. Our corporates seem to understand ethics. Government seems to understand ethics, although some could say they don't act in an ethical manner. But when, when one looks at small, micro, medium-sized enterprises, do they actually understand that ethics is interwoven into corporate governance? It's now part of the Companies Act. It's part of a way in which a company is measured should they be under the spotlight. So from this very top, very futuristic outlook, this idealistic manner of saying, well, we're a corporate, we're going to be ethical, we government, we want to be ethical. How does it trickle down to your smaller companies and entities? I think in some cases, so there are different answers that in some cases, the large corporates have been very good at entraining their suppliers, for example, in terms of ethics training. Now, this is a really smart thing to do, because can you see that as we grow that circle of ethics, as the people we're dealing with are ethical, Actually, everyone wins. The trust levels are exactly where we'd want them to be. Is business easier then? Of course it is. So, so there are many cases where, where large corporates have, have really built an increasingly inclusive boundary in terms of promoting and, and being adamant about promoting ethics. Um, I think what is perhaps not as deeply understood as would be ideal, and, and I hope I'm, I'm not judging unfairly, is that the, the survival pressure, especially of smaller entities, is such that we can understand rationally why the business owner might cut corners. And, and you know, where, where we're looking at business pressure, you know, we, we won't talk about load shedding, but, but, you know, there are pressures coming at all sorts of levels. And so, as I say, rationally, we can understand when that small enterprise looks at cutting corners just to survive. But the challenge is that can have 
literally a fatal long-term consequence. And and I bring this back to, you can say, oh, Cynthia, everyone does it. But I often bring it back as a test to say, let's look at this as an individual consumer. Would you deal with a company that you weren't absolutely sure would treat you fairly or that you trusted? Now, I hate negative questions, but... If we had some reason to doubt a company, if they were in the news for paying a bribe, you look at it and think, "Mm, not sure. And the minute the reputation is eroded, can we see that in, in combination with that, we have eroded trust. We have eroded confidence around being treated fairly. So it has a very long term and sometimes fatal consequence. Are we going to turn the corner before 2024 in respect of the way parties portray themselves? And do we, and I say we collectively because I'm still asking myself the question, do we think that when we see acts of parliament that says there has to be transparency in respect of funding of parties, that this goes a long way to ensure ethical behavior, transparency and integrity down the line? I think there are some initiatives that are positive, and and like you, I would like to be positive about this. I think countering that, unfortunately, we can also look at a huge absence of firm and decisive political action. We could take it further to say a lack of, of courage to stand up unequivocally for ethics. So I think that, that that is a bit of a mixed message there. But to answer you differently, come back to the point you made around that in most cases, corruption is a two-party deal, private sector, public sector. And, and with that in mind, let me say that the private sector could stop corruption. It's just saying no. And and so, again, I'm not saying there's no onus on the public sector to, to improve its ethics. Of course there is. But, but, again, can we pause and say, what can I do? What can we do? And I think in, in the private sector, there is a huge amount that can be done, much more than is being done. Would you like to see a campaign similar to that of the UN's Just Say No, rolled out by our government on a national level? Well, you know, you could be cynical. I can hear sort of cynical views uh, popping up as as we're discussing this around saying the person who says that has to have credibility for that message to really move forward. And and so we have to look in our society and say, okay, which organizations have that credibility? Uh, now, we could probably pick out a couple of people. We might be able to pick out a few organizations. But I think the, the there have been so many challenges in the public sector. There have been so many challenges around it appearing that the well-being of the people which is a prime ethical responsibility, has not been foremost and and has been eclipsed by party and power interests. Cynthia Skuman, thank you so much for joining us today and for highlighting these three very important days, which I'm going to remind our listeners, Global Ethics Day, 19 October, World Kindness Day, 30 November, and International Anti-Corruption Day, 9 December. Thank you, too. 
If you want to find out more about Cynthia Schumann, the best place to start would be LinkedIn. You can look for Ethics Monitoring and Management. You can look for the Ethics Practitioners Association or just look for Cynthia Schumann. And remember those three very important days that are coming up. And I like what Cynthia had to say. It starts with us and it's as simple as saying no. Confidential Brief was proudly brought to you by Rubber Roofs, the trusted name in roof waterproofing. If you're tired of getting contracts in to fix your leaky roof only to find out that your roof still leaks, it's time to sort that leak out for good. Rubber Roofs manufacture and apply the rubber roof to your roof and will, it, it looks good and guarantees that it won't leak anymore. There's a 10-year warranty. Rubber Roofs is the trusted name in roof waterproofing. You can find out more at www.rubberroofs.co.za. Confidential Brief will be taking a break next week, Monday. There's Jewish holidays as well as the following Monday. We are in the midst of the high holiday season. I wish you all well for the fast this coming Wednesday. And thank you so much for joining in. My guest today was Cynthia Skuman from the Ethics Practitioners Association.